comics, movies, music, video games, technology, Blu-ray, television. This is the HHW LOD Podcast Network. The world we know is gone. No internet, no GPS, no text messages, no podcasts. In a world ruled by the dead, we are finally forced to start living. The whole world's waking up. All the city buses swimming past. I'm happy just because I found out on. You are listening to the Walking Dead TV podcast for season eight, episode 10 of The Walking Dead, entitled The Lost and the Plunderers. Hi, I'm your host, Craig DeMonda. Join with me this evening, Mr. Aaron Newerth. I'm back from the grinder, baby. <laughs> the grinder known as Hollywood, huh? Yes, yeah. Yeah, that is like a meat grinder in a lot of ways. Uh, the industry, well, the Academy wasn't exactly a meat grinder. It was kind of, like you said, pretty safe bets last night, huh? It's a metaphor you... for however you want to take it. Maybe. <laughs> I thought maybe you just like came back from a sandwich. Well, maybe I did have a sandwich. That's true because a grinder it's in Connecticut, right? That's like a sub sandwich up there in Connecticut. They call them grinders. That's 100% right. Yeah, New England. You're right about that. Mr. Russell Latham. For the second time in the last week of podcasting, I attempt to eat a full sleeve of Thin Mints. Oh, oh no. You did when? When did you do this? Last time you were on with us? Don't shame me, man. Are you Don't serious? Well, you, you, I mean, but Chubb isn't even here to, to enjoy this with us. I mean, wait a second. <laughs> you ate a whole sleeve of Thin Mints during the last podcast? I may be slightly exaggerating. Maybe half a sleeve. Are you, oh, my God. That's great. That's Love me some frozen Thin Mints, man. Dude, I'm Don't judge. Major kudos there. No, no. Are you kidding me? Not at all. Mr. Jim Dietz. I'm just sitting here alone in a junkyard staring into the middle distance eating my can of applesauce. <laughs> Perfect. So uh, Chubb is actually moving cross country as we speak right now, so he won't be joining us this evening. Aaron, I'm sorry, Daryl will be joining us this evening very shortly, so stay tuned for that. Aaron, welcome back. It's been a, been a while since we've had you since the break. Uh, oh yeah. yeah, yeah. I wasn't here for the for the for the premiere that we all <laughs> loved dearly last week. Yes, so, but, yeah. we, but you, you were with us in spirit. We read, we read you. I, I read your uh, your your testimony faithfully. All right, so that way we had you. I, I still part of the I show. Listened. Okay. I I I, mean, I mean I was doing live commentary while listening on the Facebook page. That was a new week. one, actually. That was pretty. <laughs> You're actually doing commentary on listening to the podcast. That was actually pretty yes. funny. Yeah, that was a good one. I but, take this show very seriously, I, as you must. As That's you how you live, Moss. That's how you live, Moss, guys. <laughs> Hashtag. <laughs> Hashtag live mods. So, guys, here we are. Uh, episode 10. Again, a little different than it was uh, last week. I, I mean, I've heard mixed reviews. I was pretty cool with it. In fact, as soon as I saw those letters that came up on the screen, I'm like, okay, this is going to be a little different one now. They're doing the you know, the title screen. or uh, I know before they've done this a couple of times. They did like before and after and then and now. And you know, they play with this little kind of Pulp Fiction kind of, kind of uh, a format. What did you guys think about it last night? I was going to say, uh, I was waiting for Vincent and Marcellus's wife to come up. And, yeah. Know, letters and it was, it I was, was waiting okay. for 
We were, we were, we were, you know. I, I mean, the, the novelty, and they've done this before, haven't they? Right, they've exactly. Done, That's what I'm saying. Yeah. They've done it a few uh, times, but not exactly the same, but close. Not right. exactly the same, but yeah. No, I, I mean, I can admire them going for this kind of route. My only issue was some of the characters didn't really align with what we were getting. Like the Michonne one. Yes. It could have easily just been Rick. Like it just, but it said Michonne and like the, the Enid, Enid one. That yeah. that seemed more like Aaron's. Like it just it's like, all right, like you're labeling these, but that's not really it's not doing much for me here if you're not really subscribing to the characters they're specific to. And it's like and it doesn't help that the characters like Michonne had so little to do on the show, so it just doesn't register as being much of a hey, it's a Michonne story because it's like, yep, she's mad now. Like I now, it. did you like, feel like I did they could have done without those? Like they could have just jumped from story to story without the little name header things? Yeah. I guess so. It yeah, didn't bother me, though. But I thought they, they corresponded to the notes that Carl wrote. But then uh, they didn't really, right? He no, didn't write a no. note to... Did he write a note to, to Simon? I mean, no. I'm sure he didn't write no. a note to Jadis. To Jadis, right. It makes no. No sense. I thought at first like, this, these were yeah. his like notes or whatever, but it didn't make Dear sense. Dear Jadis, love your haircut. Well, yeah. see, see, right, yeah. see right, right there, Craig, that's exactly like what this show could have used. Like, yeah, having... Uh, uh, you know, given that the notes play such a huge role in this episode, or seemingly they do, even though we don't really actually read any of them, um, <laughs> which is bad, which is baffling to me. I got it's a like, screenshot though. I did get a clear screenshot of the one the Negan. I, I can put that up if you guys want to see that. Okay, but it's like that's a great idea that you just said though. As far as if the notes were related to the characters, and then you'd have vignettes based off each of the characters there were notes for. That's a cool way to take it. Like that'd be, I'd be all for that. But it's just. Kind of like, all right, let's do one of these episodes again. It's like they well, kind of took took the thing out of the hat and was like, let's do one of these and we'll just kind of jump around to people. And usually when they do, like when I've seen this in in other formats, it's usually because it's it's a single timeline and they use that to to relay multiple um, perspectives on the same events, right? Mm, like, right, right. You know, you would do it because so and so walks off the screen a third of the way through whatever it is they're seeing, and then you see what what they see, or you see it. You know, you see the, just the different perspectives and stuff. And so, to me, it just seemed kind of weird to to you know use the title cards like that when we weren't when it was more or less a sequential story. Um, I, I mean, not completely, but. It just it just seemed weird, and the snap zooms like I, I just had this. Uh, that's what I had in my notes was the snap zoom. Yeah, there's a lot yeah, of those seventies stuff going on. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. When Simon walked out of the what, the door and he ended up in the next, he was in the junkyard. The next scene, it's like, wait a second, how'd that happen? That was pretty, you know, a little different there. I didn't mind when it Mich- though. I mean, when Michonne, like when they showed it from the top, it's like they kind of snap zoomed to Michonne with the look on her face, and I just kept waiting for it to like freeze frame, and then they go, "Deny Guerrera as Michonne." <laughs> yeah, just there was just something off of I don't know. It just I even well, wrote like, the director down. I was like, who directed this episode? Uh, it was directed by David Boyd, David. which I don't think he has any Walking Dead experience, so maybe he's a little yes. experimental. This is the eighth episode he's directed. Oh, excuse me, then I made a mistake. Pardon me. Hang on a second. Not recently, then. Let me see. I'm look. I was looking on Wikipedia. I didn't see him on there. He did um, like recently. No, two years ago. Oh, okay, sorry. Service. Um, the season before that, he did Heads Up and Forget. Then he did Strangers. He right. did Internment, Arrow on the Doorpost. That, that's, that's Governor stuff. Yeah, okay. He went way back. Okay. So. Yeah, so I guess he's more... Actually, Arrow on the Doorpost, that was... I like that one a lot, even though not much happened in that one. And that was when Governor met Rick in that, you know, that barn or whatever yeah. they were in, in the yep. distillery or whatever it was. And actually, 
that was a pretty good episode. I remember I, I, that one stuck with me actually, even towards the end. So, um, okay, maybe I'm a, maybe I'm a David Boyd fan. Didn't even know it. <laughs> no, I just like I don't. I'm not against the novelty of this idea. Like it, it's, it, but it just it just felt too kind of scattered to really pull it together thematically. Like the the Enid and Aaron one we'll get to. It's like there's no purpose for that being here beyond beyond being like a reminder that those yeah. two were on somewhere and that eventually needs to go somewhere. So yeah, we gotta we have to make sure that people don't forget that. Oh yeah, these people for whatever reason are the ones that are in Oceanside right now doing a thing. That so really like, stuck okay. out to me too. It seemed like the other ones were you know were tied together and then like Enid yeah. and Aaron and Oceanside. It's like oh hey, remember these guys were out here and you know. Yeah, it's because all the characters and the rest of them connect in some yeah, way. They exactly. all have scenes together, exactly. more or less. And this is like, like, oh yeah, don't forget this thing. Like this could have been like in the. You could have had this like with the credits rolling at the same time and just kind of played this by the scene. Seems seem disjointed with that. Speaking special. of things we shouldn't forget, we are now joined by Mr. Daryl Taylor. Welcome, sir. Hello, hello. That's it. So actually, we're just we're just getting started, Daryl. You didn't you didn't miss much. We're talking about oh, okay. our initial thoughts of the episode. We, we didn't even jump into it yet. So if you feel oh, free okay. to chime in, sir. Um, I could do without the, uh, the, uh, Enid parts. <laughs> I really could. I really could. Oh, I, it, we're just I, saying. Yeah. I didn't, I didn't get like her and now they're trying to do the assertive Enid where she's, you know, I, I had to kill her. She made me kill her. You know, they're trying to go that route with her. <laughs> Like that self-awareness thing. They're trying, it, it looks like they're trying to do that, you know, that self-awareness thing with her where she's maturing or something but it just came off kind of flat because i just don't see that she had to kill that woman i forgot how she even died it happened so long ago i'm like how the it hell just, did... it was like they the they, time they, you die it's like yeah it was, it was, it was, Aaron, it was like they, it? It, was, well, it was like they arrived at ocean side mm-hmm. the they arrived at ocean side of the dark yeah and, yep. and then she found them and like cornered over whatever and they turned around and like basically shot her like it was pretty like and it, it just was, turned and around and shot, shot her, her straight right. up. Yeah, yeah. she did. Because she was going to shoot Aaron, basically, at that point. that was Yeah, it was yeah. it was a life or death situation, and that happened. It wasn't a matter of, like... I mean, yeah, now they want to put a whole thing on it with either, like, having considerations about her act as a killer and everything. But it's just like, no, this is a life or death moment, just like any number of them that you've experienced throughout mm. the show, and you, you you took action. Right. right. It's another, like, issue I have with this episode where... Like Carl, the, sorry, the sage, sage Jedi Master Carl. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> like he's the after all the horrible things that Negan has done, and let's not forget, Negan has done horrible things. I don't care what Very kind of tears horrible. in his eye he suddenly has. No. He's done horrible. Care. After all the horrible things, it's like, oh man, this this kid that I was going to kill at the end of last season. Everybody forgets that. <laughs> Everybody <laughs> forgets that. They were right. I, the, right. I held my giant machete and was about to saw him in half. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Was gonna do that. This makes me feel bad that he's dead now. Like that's it's just like all right. He was gonna <laughs> but, uh, hit his head with the bat. He was right there. And then the, the lion, came, the tiger came and took him out. I mean, it was right there. I mean, he was. Yep, he had no remorse right about it. Now they're trying to humanize Negan to make him like he's the the one that's trying to spare all this life and save all this life. I mean, yes. In in, in retrospect, I mean, we talked about this many many times that you know Rick's group probably took more lives than Negan's group did at this point, right? Okay, fine. But even so. Negan's a bit sadistic. He's not like this, this this saving person. He's not like, you know, but they're trying to make him this this human. They're humanizing him, trying to give him, like, you know, he's, I mean, he's we, a good we guy. Get, we can get to spoilers, but there's a reason why I have to assume. So we'll, we'll I guess, I we'll really, add, exactly. Yes. I really like the, uh, the, uh, the letter someone posted on the Facebook group that Carl sent Negan. 
It's not the real one from the show, but it's like it's made up it says, ones. Dear, yeah. Dear Negan, you are never my sunshine. Signed Carl P.S. <laughs> that he sucks. <laughs> that was hilarious, actually. I did like that one. That would have made more sense than Carl trying to, you know, it's like, I feel the good in him. And like, no, this There's is no Negan. That dude. No, no. He went, you know, he, he, he knocked Glenn's head over the far wall on for, a, for a home run. I mean, he, this right. is, uh, this is I mean, Sidious, <laughs> not Vader. <laughs> yeah, no doubt. All right, so let's just jump right into it. Uh, it was directed, like we said, by David Boyd, written by Angela Kang, Channing Powell, and Corey Reed. Uh, the recap is done, of course, by Mr. Brandon Davis from comicbook.com. Thank you for putting that up. And here we go. Jump right, right into it. The screen reads Michonne before cutting uh, to her standing at Carl's grave with Rick. Rick places Carl's silenced pistol on his gravestone. Michonne steps away to put down walkers and tries to keep them in the gate while Rick hovers over Carl's grave. And this is kind of a casual scene. Like she just kind of walks over and just tries to close the door a little bit. Like, no, kind of, stay out, guys. Don't don't come in right now. We're kind of busy, but it's, it's the, pretty um, futile. Is the gate that takes the faces walk the walker's face off? Yes, with the rebar was, on it. Yeah, that was pretty cool, yeah. right? Yeah, that was, that was a good. That was a good. Like, hey, we're having fun. Yeah, and <laughs> so she's like annoyed. She's like, oh. she's like, all right, I have to kill this guy now. Like, you know, <laughs> we're having fun today. Let's uh, let's put a fake face on this guy. That's it. <laughs> so they go back to Carl's grave. Uh, he takes the gun uh, back, and then the two head hit for the house. So actually, he Rick does put the gun for a minute on the the cross that is the quote unquote headstone or whatever of Carl. And after listening to The Talking Dead, which I, think, I don't know why I even stuck around for that, they said that was a, that was a callback for the comic that that was Shane's grave. That's the way they kind of buried Shane in, in episode, whatever, number six or whatever the comic was back in the day. That was his grave with his gun hanging off the edge like that. Did, did you get through it, though? Did you get yeah, through yeah. it? Yeah, listen, man. Together. Listen, listen, Hardwick in his tuxedo, we got through this, man. We got through it last night. We were all good. <laughs> oh, wow. All right? He had somewhere to be after the, after the show, so he was all in his tux, and yeah, we got through it. An Oscar party, yeah. Yeah, exactly. Right. <laughs> yeah, Obviously. Uh, so anyway, I thought it was pretty interesting. I thought he was going to leave the gun, but he took it and whatever. Oh, well, yeah, because he's smart, and he's like, no, we need our weapons because people are trying to take our weapons all the time. <laughs> yeah. yeah, we don't have time for being sentimental to... with the weapons. Yeah. Stuff, Leaving a but, silenced yeah. uh, pistol right there. Yeah, right? For, for my uh, son, who I love, I the love killer. Coral. My son, Carl. Coral. That'll be the next you one. Hashtag Coral's gun. It's how I want to remember him by being a sociopath. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, Michonne then finds the handprints Carl left on the porch with Judith, which actually, this is another little production problem here. Because if you look at the, the handprints they were making in the previous episode, there was blue paint all over the place. And now you yep. see these two neat little handprints on the corner of the of the porch. I'm like, come on. Uh, the, the fire burned it all up. Oh, maybe. okay. Gotcha. Okay. Yeah. They cleaned wow, it up. How right? artistic yeah. for the, the theme of blue paint through this whole episode. Uh, yeah, <laughs> that's right. <laughs> yep. Very yeah. subtle. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So again, it brings a little tear to Michonne's eye, remembering th- I guess that moment that uh, you know between the two kids. Yes. Um, ultimately, Michonne tells Rick they need to move on while he is in the house packing. They're looking, uh, they're loading the van, and see the gazebo burning down. Electing to run over and put the fire out in memory of Carl, who used to sit on its roof. Now again, this makes no sense. They were all set to go. The van is loaded, right? Yeah. And this gazebo just happens to be on fire, and. and when I say gazebo, there's nothing left. It's just basically some splinters, right? I mean, it's the, mm-hmm. you know, the shell of the building. Why does Michonne run over there, like with, with the with with the fire extinguisher and Rick as well, to try to put this thing out? Like it makes no sense. Because uh, we want you to be sad. We want you to be sad. I, <clears throat> I actually, I actually enjoyed that, um, because they, you know, she makes a point of saying, you know, that's that's where that's where Carl would go and sit, right. and so. It's just like they can't, 
you know, they can't have Carl back. And I just thought it's just like, like if this goes to, it's, you know, it's just like, it's like one more thing that's gone that reminded me, reminded me of him. Like if we could save this, at okay. least I could look out and see like that, that it means something. It's, you know, sentimental. She couldn't bear to watch it be destroyed. The last piece yeah. of, okay, right. that makes sense. I guess I guess. Right. I, I mean, I, I just, I thought that was actually a, a pretty, a, a nice sequence. Cause again, they really needed to get the hell out of there. And for them to, for her specifically, and then Rick, it, it was almost like, okay, we're going to do that. You know, they had to bury him and leave him. And, and for them to go back and, and take this moment to do this. I, I don't know. I just thought it was kind of touching. I kind of expected glad. it because TV does it a lot. I mean, yeah. you know, when a character dies, you know, a beloved character dies and they're, <clears throat> they have to move on with the battle. They're usually some type of thing, you know some point, some focal point or some area that they, you know, they associate with that character that they're going to do something for. Gotcha. I, now, I, so, I, I would have I, lost it if they actually put that fire out with two fire extinguishers, because then I'd just been like, uh, that, that's a bridge too far. <laughs> it's the fireman continuity coming out. You know it. You know exactly it. it. Fireman nerd. I think it's a, it, it's a scene to me that makes it makes sense as far as why it's happening. It just doesn't register much to me because Michonne's had so little to do over the years. Sorry, yeah. Black pa- Black Panthers to Guerrero has had so many little things to do this year. Uh, <laughs> is that how we're referring so, to her now? Is that is that how she's known? It, just, as that? Uh, oh, okay. it makes sense. And then you can you can mm-hmm. add in that that okay. African chant sound that happens in the casino fight scene. Um, I'm, I'm I'm crossing my arms over my chest right now. But but what I um what I recall from you know involving her and Carl, I mean, clear is an episode we call back to, and that was really the start of that relationship as far as them kind mm-hmm. of being yeah. like good like having a good kind of relationship together as if you want to call it surrogate mother or just friendship, what have you. But like, it's something that the show really could have done a better job of sticking with to make that, make that resonate as much as obviously Coral resonates for Rick. And I can, I I believe that it's still there, but at the same time, it just, it's, it hasn't been hit upon all that much, especially ever since Rick and Michonne got together. It really be, it would have been more neat to see, you know, what Carl's kind of, understanding of that meant with that you know how that kind of put them together as a real surrogate family but instead it's only kind of been kind of hit upon every now and again as opposed to being something that really made me feel like michonne deserves this time in the episode to you know deal with this kind of thing so it's it's there and it's fine but it's just like it didn't mean much to me yeah i wanted to go back to something that aaron said earlier for being michonne segment really michonne doesn't do a lot yeah you know, it county. seems like it's yeah it's <laughs> It's like more Rick's segment than hers. Yeah, you know, we get the title card saying Michonne at the beginning. It just seemed kind of, I don't know, it kind of it kind of took away from the whole conceit of the title card thing through the whole episode for me. You know, just, I don't know. So they become surrounded and run back to the van. They, they fail to put out the, the flames of whatever's left of the gazebo. They're slicing up walkers along the way. They drive out of the safe zone, and Michonne looks to its sign on the way. So, again, that was the little exit, and I guess where our – our title of the episode comes from. And then Rick is actually asked a question, kind of unlike Rick, but he goes, what do you think he meant? Again, he's still he's still trying to figure out what Carl was trying to tell him. And I'm surprised he even, like, vocalized it to her. Like, he's even, you know, asks. Usually he just keeps it to himself. But he's like, did he want us to stop fighting the saviors, just surrender to Negan? And Missone suggests that they pull over and read his notes. Rick decides to keep driving. and um, And then at this point... Uh, it says Rick Carl. He wrote a letter to he wrote a letter to Negan. Michonne tells him. Rick tells her that he needs Jadis, 
because there'll be targets now as well. They eventually make their way out, uh, out to the heap. I guess he's kind of skipping here a little bit uh, this this night. But anyway, so they're driving in the, in the van, and we see what happens. That um, you know, uh, they didn't know that he wrote. We, this is where we find out that Carl did write a letter to Negan, essentially. And then we hear Carl's uh, Rick's plan to go get Jadis. I mean, <laughs> yeah, it, it's not. I mean, there's so much more going on next. It's not much to say about their plan. It's like, okay, they, they got there, and there's a booby trap. Yeah, it so seems it's just, kind of, it's, Rick seems kind of petty about the letters, though. Is that just? Yeah. Is it, am I reading into that? He seems kind of petty, like, oh, he wrote one to Negan, and then he doesn't want to read them. I'm just like, why wouldn't you? You know, I just like, it's the show. It's the show's fault. No, <laughs> like, it's, it's such a. It's such a make, I didn't understand why or what the motivation was to him. Not well, even the ending. I think they want to do the turn later. Like they want to show the turn of Rick realizing he should change. I think you know, like even even when you get to the end scene, and he and he kind of sounds petty about how he handles something when he's talking yeah. to Michelle. Right. So I think that that's what they're trying to do. They're overdoing it, though. It's it's very contrived, because it's just yeah. like, yeah, he's eventually going to read this letter. He's like, oh my god, my son, he knew everything I needed to hear. <laughs> <laughs> I, just, I just, for me, I was like, oh god, they're going back to the uh, to the trash people, and once again, it's going to be the whole which side are they going to be on? And uh, flip flop. I was like, I was thinking yeah. too, exactly. If if this episode had gone a different way, I'd have. I mean, yeah. I mean, we'll get to it, but I'm glad it didn't turn out the way I thought it was going to. Because like, I was like, yeah, yeah I'll, I'll yeah, do I mean, you one like, better. How many I, times I, can they I, go I, back I, to the well? I'll I'll do you one better. I think everything involving the scavengers has been perfect this week. I, I think it's absolutely terrific. Everything they did. With no, them. I'm with you. I think I think what Simon did to the scavengers was perfect. But <laughs> <laughs> so they eventually make their way to the heap, but find themselves trapped inside when a garbage trap of sorts falls on the way of out. So when they walk in, uh, they can't leave. A herd of walkers approaches them to Rick's disappointment, but then we see it's the heapsters themselves. Or we're supposed to. Unless we find that out a little bit later, but it is the heapsters turned zombie. Next, after commercial, the screen reads Negan before we see him giving orders on a walkie. Simon enters, and Negan points out he was played by Carl, who is uh, built for this crap. Simon wants to go finish everything, but a rot is on it. Uh, they're still waiting to hear from Gavin, so they're just kind of still chit-chatting in their, in their conference room of sorts there, and Still trying to figure out what's going on. But Simon, obviously, at this point, wants revenge. He wants to go and, and make everyone pay. And, and, again, Negan is being a little bit more pragmatic at this point, saying, okay, no, just sit, sit back for a minute. Arad's got it. Gavin's back on his way from the kingdom. Just just kind of chill out a minute. I got something else for you to do. He, and that's what Simon asks. He goes, if I'm not running down Rick and company, what do you want me to do? And he, Negan says, garbage people. <laughs> Simon agrees it's worth it. To kill them. He goes, yeah, good idea, boss. I'll take them out. Um, but then this is when Negan gets pissed again. He goes, I need you to hear me on this, Simon. Uh, those piss-stained double-crossers may have pulled a triple-cross, but they're still a resource. So, again, Negan wants to preserve them. He says, you can go kill one of them if you have to. Get the rest in line, but just one. And, again, he questions Simon. He goes, you have something to say? Just say it. And then Simon basically speaks his mind. He goes, look, maybe we should just cut our losses here. These people can't learn the lesson no matter how many times we teach it. These garbage people, they keep flip-flopping. Um, and he wants all these communities also that are all revolting against them. He goes, maybe we should just put all of them down and go look for other communities to plunder in the in the 100-mile radius or whatever from where they are. You know, let's expand our net, so to speak. 
So I yeah. have a question. Sure. Um, for everybody, um, this whole Negan Simon exchange, which is, you know, it's well acted. Uh, would you think like going into this, that this is where these characters are like that they'd have this kind of rift over this kind of thing? Like, does it seem organic to them? Well, they they had some no. previously though, like this, didn't they? I mean, with with Simon and him, it right? Does it though? I mean, it it kind of didn't, but it it kind of made me feel like now they're really trying to, for some reason, they're trying to say that Negan is a little different than the other than the others, and in, in it, that way, it almost smacked to me like uh like the way they tried to redeem the governor. Yep. Like they want yeah, to try, like exactly. they want to try to make this redemptive arc mm-hmm. for Negan, and they're kind of laying the seeds and the groundwork for that now. But right. I don't buy that for a second. You know, I mean, no. that doesn't fit with the character no. for me anyway at all. I didn't think of it that way. I, I took it as their ranks are pretty thin. Like, like the one thing about Negan is he's pretty pragmatic, and you know. They have 38 people that are taken at the hilltop. Maybe they get them back. Maybe they don't. Right. Um, they've they've had dozens and dozens of their people killed. You know, each everybody at all the outposts are all dead. Uh, they had they had a ton of people at the main outposts are dead. I think Negan's looking at it from the perspective of if they could still come from a position of strength. They need, you know, they needed these people before, like they needed them for food and for, you know, for different things. They needed them to go out and scavenge for them when they were strong and a, and a force to be reckoned with. Now that their ranks are thinned, and I think maybe Negan's thinking if they could still come from a position of strength, the other communities don't know how thin they, they, they truly are. Maybe they don't know how thin they are. And if we go and wipe everybody out, then we're really in a spot because I, because we just don't have enough people. I know, but I get I get it. But when they put the dialogue in for Negan to say it's hard work mm-hmm. saving people, mm-hmm. that kind of makes it because he didn't have to say that. That's, That's the stuff you say to the, the to the other you know to the group to the group that he's supposed to be dealing with. I, I agree. I, I'm with I, Russ. I see what you're saying, and I understand that from a logical point of view, as far as why he needs to do the things he does. But it's the tone. There's a tone here that seems like it's really trying to. Unless I mean, we could just be. See, we're. I think we're seeing a couple steps ahead as to what they have to do for yeah, to end it, to to end this kind of arc, where I think they're planting some very clear seeds on how we're supposed to continue taking Jeffrey Dean Morgan on this show versus someone like Simon, who's very much always going to be a villain. Like there's no redeeming him. Right. Through redemption, and, redemption. Yeah. And if I had to speculate, I'd say that's very purposeful because they want us to continue liking this terrible person. That's Negan. While we have someone else that we can easily hate, which is Simon. And I just think it's, it's very, it's very much, it's very much throwing this right in my face where I'm, I'm mm. seeing, I'm seeing the strings a bit too much here. Yeah. I think I agree with Aaron on this. I'm, I'm kind of seeing where they're trying to take Negan. They're kind of trying to steer the boat, you know, in that direction. And I get what you're saying, Russ, pragmatically it makes sense, but I mean, with him and like the whole thing later with him saying about how he's saving people and stuff, it just, uh, I feel like that's what they're trying to set Negan up for is kind of a right. type thing down the road. Because if he had just yelled at him and said, "Look, idiot, we don't have that many people left. We gotta, we gotta consolidate our forces the best we can." Okay, like, hey, you kill them off. What does that do? We we need the people. We need we need to, to gather those people for our, for our fight. Right. That that's a simple thing. If he said it just like that, you idiot. This is what we need. 
this is why you can't go off half cocked and, mm, you know, wipe out everybody. I'd be fine with it. But it, it, the way they had him say it was almost like he's trying. It was like his personal mantra as opposed to just something that he says to come off as the messiah. Kind he's of. like he's he's like um, he's like Pacino and Simon's like James Caan right now. And it's like yeah, one, of these, <laughs> one of these guys is going to make it out of here. Yeah. Yeah. I'm going to go all over with the references tonight. <laughs> That's a good one. Sonny is such a hothead. <laughs> so Negan does not like Simon's idea. And again, like you guys were saying, he says that what they do is hard. They're saviors. They save. It's the hard path. He goes, once we clip Rick, everything is aces again. So again, Rick is the is the focal point of all their problems. Mm-hmm. They think every everything can be saved. They don't care about the hilltoppers so much. They don't care about uh-huh. everything else. It's Rick. He's the number one problem here. You know what also throws it? it makes it he's a little wrong. off. No, he's not no. wrong. What throws it is Negan getting angry with Simon. It's like what Simon's response is not a bad one. With that, when you're the we're at war here. I mean, they they killed one of his people, right? It's not a crazy response considering all the evil stuff they've done already. Yeah, you know but, when they go after somebody. But this is the second time, at least, we've seen this tension between Simon and Negan. You know, we've seen tension between Negan and Dwight, obviously, a few times for obvious reasons. And we've already seen that whole arc play out. But to see it between him and Simon, this is the second time deliberately they've shown it to us. So we obviously know where this is going to go. What's the the first time? That's why I asked the question. There was a board meeting. Remember the first time we saw the board meeting and and, and Eugene was in there? Right. That's what I figured. Yeah, it'd be somewhere around there because they're trying to find the mole or whatever. Exactly, right? exactly. Yeah. And this is where they're, they're trying to figure out what the hell happened. And then, you know, he, Simon made some other ridiculous suggestion to take whatever out. He's like, no, what are you talking about? We don't do that. We got to save people. We shouldn't kill them all. And, you know, he had the same type of argument with them. That's why he said, listen, I need you to hear me here. One person. And I mean it. One person. Mm-hmm. And we see how that ends, obviously, in this episode. Great. So at this point, Maggie's box arrives, her little delivery to the saviors um and a couple of the saviors walk in they drop the box on the table leave a nail gun and says uh obviously we know what happens at this point it says on the box we have 38 more stand down they open the box and obviously it's a walker named dean a member of the satellite station simon suggests taking care of the hilltop negan lee aggressively shuts it down and again tells simon just to do his job (laughs) do your job The screen reads Enid. Before we see Enid and Aaron being escorted to the community's little holding area, they're chained to a heater. The Oceanside community defers to Cindy, the granddaughter, uh, seeing as Natanya was her family. And uh, Enid says, she made me kill her, tells Aaron. I'd do it again if I had to. The Oceanside crew comes back and, and unchains them, only to stand them up and handcuff them again. Okay? They're being taken to the beach. Aaron tries to reason with Cindy, says you better have a good reason for killing us other than to make yourself feel better because it won't. And this is where, like you said, Daryl, Enid says, you know, she warns Cindy that her group will come for them. If you kill us, we're going to come for you. We're going to get you. Mm-hmm. Yeah. We're going to kill gonna... you and take you out. But the thing about this, though, that was kind of off is that she she originally wanted to join the fight. Remember? Who's that? Uh, Cindy like I, did. Yes. Yeah, right. Cindy wanted to join the fight. That right. was a big argument that they had uh, towards the end of them leaving that, you know, when they left with their guns and stuff. And, like, now's her chance, right? And she's not doing it. Yeah, I know what you're saying. Right. Yeah, yeah, it's just weird that she's so adamant, like, no, we're not. You did enough. We're not going to. We're not going to fight now. 
Well, it seems was, to me weird to me that they would listen to Rick's people at all. I mean, first Tara yeah. promised not to betray their position, and they yeah, immediately yeah. did, and yeah. then they went yeah. out there one one time, and now they're back again. They killed one of their people. I mean, why? I don't. I didn't understand their rationale for giving them a chance to speak at all after everything that you know Rick's group has put their group through. You know. It's interesting. Why, I mean, yeah. why did why did Enid and Aaron go again? Like, like yeah, that's so another thing. Totally why are these the two? Like, well, I, I mean, can see Aaron. He's a peacemaker. He's the one that used to go out and find people, right? He was the envoy. He was the one that would recruit people in, into Alexandria, away, right? But he was. Why he why, why is Tara not there? That's my that's my right. main question. My that's true. Like, they know her. You're right. It's a good point. Yeah. Because he left just because. I mean, he did his little walkabout thing was just because you know he didn't want to. It was too much, right? After he lost his his, his husband or, yeah. or lover, he just didn't he didn't want to be there anymore. He couldn't be around that anymore. But you, yeah, you'd think if he's going to go there, why bring Ian? Bring bring Tara. That's a good. That's a great point. Actually, you're right. Which is which is further strange because like Enid's the closest thing that Carl had to like a companion in his life, and it's like she's yeah. not there to see him die. So yeah. it's like it's just a weird series of questions that I have for the character choices on the show. It's not like Tara's doing anything important right now. It's like they couldn't get her wow. to go to Oceanside. Right. That's she's a doing really good cool point. commercials where they're she's doing video game commercials for the Walking <laughs> Dead. That's, that's exactly doing. it. Her and Jesus. Yeah. Yeah. So eventually, I guess through Enid's persuasion or whatever, Cindy changes her mind and sets Aaron and Enid free. She says, don't come here again. Cindy tells them as they're on their way out. The Oceanside squad heads back inside. So it's like, okay, you just killed our grandmother. We're going to let you go now. Goodbye. Yeah. I just- well, they were. They, she did make a compelling argument that said, look, you know, we're going to win this. Right. And if you, if you kill us, we're just, we have all the weapons. They're going to come and they're going to wipe you out. I, I don't know. I thought that was a pretty compelling argument. I, no, I agree. I agree with the, the words that were said. Yes. It yeah, the only argument like, they can make. Yeah. True. But this is where it gets interesting, too. Aaron then says to Enid, okay, you go back to the car, and I'm going to stay here and try to reason with these people. So he just yeah, stays well. behind. <laughs> All right. And, and hides behind a tree. Literally, but hides behind the tree. Yeah. Like, it was very yeah. odd. Yeah. yeah. I, uh, he had a quote. I wrote down a quote, too. He says, uh, no matter what happens... I'll be okay. I'm like, don't say that. That's oh, not the It's going to be on his, to his gravestone, man. You know what I was going to say? Yeah. That sounds like something a character says right before they die on the show. Yeah. <laughs> Pretty much. This is the next title card called Simon. Screen reads Simon. Before he walks through the worker area, he's asked if they will attack the hilltop by one of the workers, but he gives him a sarcastic remark and says, no, no, no. We're going to do, we got something else to do first. Very important stuff or whatever. And this is where. They had that kind of cut shot where he walks through these double doors, and then before you know it, he's in the heap. Like they just cut right to him being there with with all the saviors and his his group, most of the that's saviors. That's filmmaking. That's that's a good. And, that's and, a good I, I, I also want to cool. say, like, I just real quick before we get to the scene or whatever. I know we said before on the show, Stephen Ogg is a is a damn treasure on the show. Oh yeah, yeah. He is every time every scene he's in is great. He's great, and I. I, I I know he probably won't be long for the show, but I just I love him on the show. I think he's my second favorite character after Carol now. I think he's good. He's just so good. I mean, well, we're going to talk about this when we talk about the scavengers, but I mean, it's so clear that the writers love writing for Stephen Ogg and for Pollyanna McIntosh for yeah. Jadis that because it's so fresh and different and weird, and it's like. I well, I I understand that some of the weirdness is too weird. I even agree, but at the same time, it's like I'd rather get weird and out there ideas on a show like this than you know 
the the same pattern repeated for you know in the eighth year of the series like it just it has stuff to go on and that, that's why after they eated stuff i'm just all on board for pretty much everything that happens in the rest of this episode minus some stuff at the end that we'll get to but uh yeah no it's just and yeah Stephen Ogg is terrific in the scene <laughs> and when it said simon on the screen my my ears perked up I was like all right let's yeah let's see where this is going. Go. this is i am now excited about what's going to happen to this episode because i don't know what's going to go on here <laughs> So he rolls into the heap with his people. The scavengers draw their weapons, but Simon instructs them to calm down. <clears throat> he came for an apology. I know you had your little side deal with Rick, he says. You came to our home pretty much arm in arm, Simon said. You know we saw you because we tried to kill you, so you've had plenty of time to re prepare something. A heartfelt act of confession, I hope. Feel free <laughs> to defer to any notes you have prepared. <laughs> Jada says she has no deal with Rick, but was instead delivering him. And Simon's like, bull! He's like, baloney! What does he scream? What does he even say? Is he he, says, he bull says, He doesn't say that. Yeah, yeah, like, yeah, he screams he it, it, right? Yeah, it's like, yeah, yeah he's, he's very loud, drawn yes. out, long. Bull. It was awesome. <laughs> Which I thought was hilarious. That was actually pretty funny. Um, Simon offers a chance to divert back to the original deal, along with handing over all of their weapons. That, that would be an, a good act of contrition to start. Uh, Jadis at first is a little hesitant, but then when he points a gun... You know, at the people, she agrees. Simon calls for his men to take the guns. Simon goes on to question Jadis's art. He's admiring one of her cat drawings or sculptures or whatever it may be over there. Based on based on all of the words that Simon's using to describe what's happening, I'd love to think that in a for past life he was a he was a uh, like a public defender. Like that was his previous job before these <laughs> apocalypse. That'd be pretty funny, actually. <laughs> Like he's cross-examining her. Is that what he's doing? This, this, this oh, is yeah, his, he's, okay. he's that. He's using words like contrition. I mean, it's just like <laughs> this is perfect. I like all this 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 flowery language he's using to talk to talk to the trash people of all people. He's Atlanta's version of Saul Saul Goodman, right? That, that's it. That's yeah. him. He, he's he's Atlanta, bull. Alexandria Alexandria's version. Yeah, <laughs> he, he's he's bull on CBS or whatever the hell that show is. <laughs> Not bull from Night Court. Okay. Not, yeah, not both. The, the other, the other okay, not both okay. from Night Court. <laughs> That's even better. Let's go with that. He's both from Night Court. Let's do that. Now. Oh God. Anyway, Simon goes on to question Jadis's art and the choice of living in the heap. He's like, "Why are you here? What are you even doing here with all this, this stuff?" And then, and and she says, "Our place, ours." Jadis says, and then he goes, "What's the deal with that helipad you got in the back?" And the solar panels. And, and then he says, "Right next." And the solar panels. And yeah. she goes, "Our dump." So it's like, you know, she doesn't want to let up what all that stuff is for back there. So the helipad, was that, do we think that's related to the helicopter that Rick saw? That's what I wanted to ask. I don't know. Maybe. It's got to be, right? Maybe. I mean, I would... It's got to go back. When did Rick see a helicopter? I can't oh, remember. God, it was a few episodes it was, ago, right? Oh, it was, man. It was, it was yeah. like, what, the second to the last episode of the last season? Or let, yeah, he right. was walking First on the street. The he was walking to to the. It was actually, yeah. He was going to the junkyard, wasn't he? he was going somewhere. He was on the street. It was after. Yeah, it was after the ambush, right? Right. He was walking back from the sanctuary or something. He was walking and then he saw yeah. it right above his head. Yeah, and that's what oh, it was. Was, was it, it was that nonsense scene where he's like, "I'm going to go convince the J the Jadis by myself." Yes. Okay. Yeah. Before yeah. he before they locked him up in the. In <laughs> right. The exactly. It was it was during his brilliant plan to go in there by himself unarmed, <laughs> just be yep. like, you know what, I can I can once this. again let's go yeah. to the heap. The master strategist. That's right. I got this. It didn't yeah, I, work I, the first two times. Let's do it a third. I guess my eyes were rolling around the back of my head when the helicopter passed over, so I forgot about it. Didn't Morales call Rick helicopter boy in the first episode or something, or second episode of the show? 
Oh, sorry, fan favorite character Morales. Yes, yes, yes. Now, now, <laughs> now deceased. Hey, helicopter boy. Uh, Simon pushes further for information, but Jadis deflects back with the to the deal. He then kills two of her people, which I guess is Tamiel and what was the other guy's name? Ed, Ed, Ed one or something like that. Those are her two main lieutenants. He just shoots them right there. Um, and Simon just at this point gives up, says, orders his men to mow him down or whatever, light him up. I think he says light him up or something like that. He says light him up after she punched him. She, she punched him, right. Yeah, she wait, 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 wait. We got it. No, you get because yeah, she says that's where she breaks the first time yes, ever. Right. Where she yes. says remorse, you son of a bitch! Like she just drops the yes. whole accent altogether, and yeah. it's brilliant. It is a great moment yes. because it's, you just you get it right there. Where it's like, yes, this is of course all this is an act. Of course she knows how to speak like a human being, but she's putting up this whole facade and everything, and it's just a great thing. It's such a great thing to see someone that's seeing someone's spirit get crushed on a show. Literally, that's like what just happened there. And then yes, the worst thing happens after that, where everyone get slaughtered that's such a crazy yeah. move that's like, that's like so yes like we don't see this enough on the walking dead these days where major yeah. characters or groups or what have you get slaughtered like the last time we saw something to that extent was probably like the termites like what was yeah. left of them at the church right. like that was like we haven't seen anything yeah. to that degree in a while well, that scene you talk about the scene before like when he kills the lieutenants before he slaughters the whole group that's probably the best scene that she has been in yeah i think in the show you know, you know most real anyway for me it's what it's certainly one that yeah registers at like a, a brilliant level. I mean, I I've enjoyed their presence, but as far as making it mean something beyond just look how weird we can be, like yeah, obviously yeah. It, it hits you a little harder. Yeah. Simon returns to the sanctuary with Negan waiting outside. They still haven't heard from Gavin, but Negan already sent a team, according to the conversation they just had. Simon tells Negan the message was delivered simply. So again, he just lied big time to Negan, and we know that that may have some consequences, but we'll see. It, oh, it's going it's good, to. It's it's good stuff because he says, "Yeah, standard mission delivered. Yep. There was remorse. There was remorse. That's it. Right. It's great. And That's the blue fun. paint again. See. Yeah, mm-hmm. blue paint on his shoe. Yeah. yeah, stylistic. It's the it's the oranges of the Walking Dead. All kinds of Godfather episodes. <laughs> <laughs> The screen now reads Jadis. Rick and Michonne fight off walkers in the heap. The undead scavengers are everywhere. They scurry off to the top of the heap. They, meaning Rick and Michonne. Jadis is there sitting there in normal clothing, which I wouldn't call it like a nightgown, normal clothing, but I guess maybe it is for her. She it's greets like Rick like, and he has like a slip or like something. She, it's, like she's, it's like she's stripped of her armor. That's how I had uh, how I read yeah. it. Like, yeah. Just take everything was taken away from her, literally. I, I didn't need to see her feet though, like that. I didn't. Was it a little gnarly for you? Is a little, little, it, little too much for you? It's, it's, yeah, a little, little, little too much. A little too much dirt in there. Yeah. It's it's yeah. the Tarantino of the episode right there. It's yeah. the episode the first fetish. You're right. So now we're so so now we're paying homage to Tarantino. Is that what it is? Like it's like he yeah, it's going back. He always paid homage to the. Okay, now we're paying homage to him. That's perfect. Yeah. So she greets uh, she greets Rick and tells him that the saviors did this. Um, and then she goes on to say, these weren't heaps before, she tells him. I used to come here to find things to paint on. Metal sheets, fabrics, and then everything changed. And he, she said, I realized this whole place was a canvas. So she tried to make it, for her people, something new. She goes, this was our world, apart from everyone else in every way. So really we find out that, like, like you said, Aaron, uh, you know, she's she can speak normal. She was just trying to create some kind of weird artist colony or something in this world, apart from everybody, where... They weren't bothered. They were they were adult lost boys. <laughs> yeah. She was the Rufio. Rufio. And then Rufio. Rick goes, You did this. Rick tells her, This is because of you. 
Shut up, Rick. This is because of you. Because Rick is the champion of making great decisions for his group. I know, right? Exactly. Give me a break. If we we really want to put the blame on somebody, by the way, it was probably Rick that would have led to this. Like, this is is kind of his fault if you want to look at it that way. This is on you. They they were not involved at all until Rick was like, let me make a deal. Well, actually, yeah, kind of. I mean, didn't one of them follow um, the father back or something? Father Gabriel, didn't that happen? They, like, they, they, they kidnapped they him. They yeah. did their scat. They did their scavenger thing, and right. you know, as such, it happened. But like, right. when it came time for the savior stuff, like Rick tried to make that deal, and then the saviors made their deal That's against true. them, and That's then true. Rick made. The, I mean, it's it all comes back to Rick. That's what I'm saying. This no, but this is because of you, Jadis. She and cries. Still as, want to continue the pettiness, like the, the the Rick being really petty right now. Well, at the they're end like, it gets really bad, right? With, with, with the walkie-talkie yeah, scene, yeah. right? Yeah, it gets. gets really, we, we 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 can put it this way too. Like this whole all-out war thing involving even involving Jadis has been what, like three weeks, maybe at most, at right. the very most, right? It's a timeline I mean, perspective. Not I, even. I'm pretty yeah, sure. Right. I'm pretty sure Jadis and the scavengers have been living their life very easily for like the past like what two years or whatever. <laughs> <laughs> pretty funny yeah these people come in and wreck their whole world so she cries as rick fashions a car door into a weapon with like a shield he takes his like you know bends the metal and what have you jadis wants to go with him rick however claims he's done with her i'm done with her and her games and that she can't help him rick and michonne make their way out the one way out jadis jadis goes another because basically rick shoots at her almost again he claims he shot above her just like he said he claimed he shot above uh yeah, I shot over her head. I didn't shoot well, at saw, her. You saw him point the gun at her, and then he lifts it in the air and just yeah, shoots. I know. It's, it's just a common theme this season. He shot over Sadiq. He's shooting over, you know, he's shooting over a lot of people. Let's just put it that way. Rick and Michonne make their word out, make their way out. Jadis wants to follow them, but Rick leaves her behind. Later, Jadis sits atop the heap and lures the walkers her way with noises. So she's, <laughs> she's fashioned a little pathway for them, and she's banging on something. We don't see what it is yet. She has lured them to a trash compactor, we come to find, where they fall in one after the other. Actually, it's, it's more of a shredder. It's like an industrial shredder is what that is. Um, she sees their blood being dispersed and becomes a bit emotional, remembering watching her people being killed. And actually, they did focus on like her lieutenants when they were getting blown up yeah. in there. Like, you could see their face mm-hmm. and stuff. It was pretty, pretty cool. Um, oh, God, it was pretty gnarly, too. All that red guts and crap coming out of that machine. They did a good. I mean, for a you know a scene that's obviously going to use a lot of visual effects, they did a pretty good job making that look as good as it could. <laughs> like, since, we're, yeah. since we're throwing out the independent film references here, here's a reference to Fargo. Mm-hmm. <laughs> sure. <laughs> so now again, the, the solar panels is that what we're trying to? Because again, I I have to suspend disbelief. Right, it is a zombie show, but that thing that said 440 volts on the on the handle on the show, I could see it even with my crappy TV. I could see it. Um, what is it? The solar panels are generating that much power to power the shredder? Is that what happened? I mean, is that... We need to take two steps back here. You're renting cars every week to review on your podcast, but you can't afford uh-huh. a better TV? What are, what's well, no, 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 no. <laughs> I should say It's like, I complain. No, no, no. I have a decent TV. The thing is, it's like, it's um, it's um, the dark scenes I have a problem with with my TV. That's what I was saying. It's like, I can't see the dark stuff sometimes, like the nighttime scenes. It's hard right. to see. So that's what I was saying. It's like my crappy TV, but it, yeah. Um, and no. You better raise that brightness, bro. Yeah, I know exactly. Right? My gamma, my, my, my gamma's off or something. I don't know what it is, but I clearly saw this because it was a nice daytime shot. I'm looking at it, like it says 440 volts. Huh? Hmm, all right, that's a lot of power to be generated by some solar panels. But hey, correct me if I'm wrong, guys. What, what do I know? Right? I mean, if that's. Well, I mean, I'm, I'm sure they're not I, using the grinder very often, so it probably has a little bit of juice. In they it. stored it up. They had some batteries back there. They were holding on to some of that power. They, they, they stored it up for trash day. For trash day. Oh, God. <laughs> 
That's just so convenient, though. I don't know. I thought it was just a little, little convenient, but whatever. It's all, it, it made for a cool scene, right? I mean, electricity doesn't seem to be a problem anymore. Like it was, it was a problem earlier on with the series. Now it's like everywhere they go, there's always solar panels or some type of generator. It's like you know, they don't have a problem with power so much anymore. Well, they don't, and they and they don't seem to be using power for anything. Yeah, like yeah, we, you know, we haven't seen. It's not like they're they're running, you know houses and and everything else i mean it's it's a they literally live in a trash heap and we haven't seen any semblance of any kind of okay real power use so yeah yeah, provided they had enough batteries and everything else yeah this is this is more bonnaroo than coachella it's pretty pretty of the people (laughs) (laughs) so jada's finally then after she shreds all of her people to pulp uh she finds a secret box that she had hidden in one of the heaps labeled applesauce and she has herself a meal yeah, th- th- there was a lot of setup for a scene where it's like, oh, what's going to be in this box? It's going to be a head? Yeah. It's going to be something crazy? It's like, oh, it's applesauce. <laughs> yeah, I was like, okay, did what did she keep like a secret stash of, of like AKs or a bazooka or mm-hmm. something like that? Like another know? spiky head zombie person or something? It's <laughs> something, yeah. I thought it was something special too. Like, I really did. If it, it would have been great. If it was, cho- if, if, if it was chocolate pudding, that yes. would have been amazing. Yes. <laughs> I think nice, they nice missed they missed the mark there. Opportunity right there. <laughs> Get on top of it, Channing Powell. It's shelf stable applesauce. So the next screen title reads Rick, and this is where he's driving. <laughs> after after seeing the Simon and Jadis ones, I'm like, all right, here we go. Like my I just kind of whimpered in my reaction to that one. And he's driving along, and he says, "I shot above her head. I didn't want her dead. I just wanted to see her gone." Feels like Carl was talking. Feels like what Carl was talking about. Michonne says, "What we should do. We have a choice." So Michonne's trying to. She kind of sees where Carl was going. You know, the understanding and the forgiving and the mercy or what have you. Rick stops the van. He says, "I need a second. He steps outside and looks through Carl's notes, passing on his own in favor of Negan's. Rick is shocked by it. It's pleased with Negan to find morals and questions. What's next, even if he does not beat Rick's group? So, again, these, we're kind of inferring this, but and I, I, got, I sent you guys a picture. You can see a screenshot of the, of the note, and you can see it kind of, you can see certain things in there. Like he said, um, I think you have to be who you are. This is, what, this is Carl writing to Negan. Um, but, you know, maybe you'll beat us, maybe you won't. We have to work together. Uh, maybe you got out. Maybe you didn't. Like you know, it's it's weird. I, I don't know. What what did you guys think about that? I mean, he's he's even underlined some of the words to provide emphasis. What the <laughs> wisdom does this kid suddenly have to? Offer? I know. I don't. And no, and no kid who's been not writing at all since being a child has this good handwriting. All of a sudden, for these notes, I know. it's like the spirit. They do, but, but again, we talk about this every time a character gets dies. There's like a spirit of peaceful intelligence. And 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 everything that just comes into them, and they can do everything right. Right? They they know what to say, they know what to do, they have the plan, right? Yeah, and all that kind of stuff. They do this. I mean, it's just it's, it's just it's it's more believable because they're adults that have lived the life. Where right. This is, it just doesn't make any. Or <laughs> it's yeah, like it's, it's not like right. it's not like Sophia left a note like if I ever get lost, give this algebra book to Carl before I go. Like it's just like that's pretty like, funny. Wasn't that long ago that he was pouting because he couldn't go out with dad. <laughs> And, yeah. he, and he just had a fit, like he was just sitting around, walking around, pouting at people. If you strike me down, I shall become more powerful than you could possibly imagine. <laughs> <laughs> that's pretty good. That's what. That's one of those old Star Space movies, right? Yes, exactly. Yeah, you yeah. know, uh, Truck Wars. Truck Wars. Truck Wars. There you go. <laughs> 
So this is where this is where it got really cool for me. I mean, like you said, it got a little bit crazy towards the end. But when Rick just picks up the radio and he goes, "I want Negan," and they go, oh, I, just, "I freaking loved it! I loved it! I'm like, I, I love where this show is gone." I'm glad they're all on the right Wayne channel. I like my Rick. I'm sorry. Yeah, I liked. It. I just like I like when he goes like this, you know. And, I, and they go, Who, "Who's asking?" And he goes, "Rick Grimes." I love it. <laughs> so he finally gets Negan on the radio. And he tells him, just very casually, like they're just having a phone conversation here. Carl's dead. And then you see Negan's face. Like, it's, you know, he really, like you said he got emotional, which, again, a couple days ago, we just tried to bat his head in, but that's beside the point. Right. Um, well, yeah, it's great that Jeffrey Dean Morgan is great as an actor. Like, that doesn't, that's not surprising to me that he can act a scene. It just doesn't, like, register to me as something that feels I, like earned in any yeah, way. It's I think just, they should have thought of, I think they really should have thought about it before they had those scenes. They should have shown him not killing um, the kid, or even when people to kill wanted Carl him again. to. Right. You know, yeah. and not being yeah. able to. That should have been what happened. And that that would set up this thing of he really did. There's something about this kid that he, you know. You're right. That's actually a good point. If they just would have not had him go after Carl in that last scene with the tiger, right? In, in the last oh, yeah. Scene, yeah. That would have changed. Mm-hmm. That would have actually made this make a whole lot more sense it wouldn't have been hard it could have still been the same scene but when he went to hit carl he just couldn't do it okay it's even right. there and it's even there in the mid-season finale of this episode when carl's like talking to negan and stuff like that relationship is there it's just they've, the they've screwed it up by having yeah. other scenes like that kind of go back and forth on what that yeah. relationship really is so it's because it, a more interesting show is this last scene where you have Negan being the one that's actually emotional while Rick's being the one that's all hard about it. It's like in a better version of this series, I can see that being really interesting, having that dynamic where going where you have the father that's the crazy one versus the you know, the the killing guy right, that's like right. really emotional. Like that works for me, but mm-hmm. just uh-huh. how it's got how it got to this point doesn't make that hit as hard as it could. We are in the darkest timeline. Somewhere there's <laughs> another one that is a show is better and that episode you're talking about happened, but this one not so much. So Rick goes to tell Negan again. He wrote letters. He wrote one to you. He asked you to stop. He asked me to stop. He asked us for peace, but it's not too late for that. Even if we wanted a deal now, it doesn't matter. I'm still going to kill you. <laughs> just, <laughs> I, I can hear his voice. Just the way he like in like one sentence, it's like, oh, Rick's actually. So- oh, no, there he goes. <laughs> yes. <laughs> but it doesn't matter. So and Negan asking, he's very calm, you know. He's like, he's like, how did it happen? Like he's just like, talk, like it's a phone conversation. I I love this. Uh-huh. And, and and Rick's like, what? And Negan's like, how did he die? He goes, was it us? Was it the grenades? Was it the fire? You can see he kind of felt no, a little guilty, uh, maybe about it. You know? It wasn't the grenades. Like it's really. <laughs> <laughs> Where's the tracker? Where's the tracker? Now he's Christian Bale Batman. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Did you hear me? I said I was going to kill you. He wouldn't give us grenades to an ordinary citizen. <laughs> he goes. Rick goes. It wasn't you. He's angry now. He's getting, he's getting more angry. He goes. Carl went out to help you. someone, and he got. And then Negan, <laughs> Negan responds, God damn it. He goes, I'm sorry. I wanted him to be a part of things. Yeah, again, right before you wanted to bat his head out. I wanted him to be a part of things. I had plans. That kid was the future. 
And then the, and the Rick's like, the only future is one where you're dead. <laughs> <laughs> it's like a toddler responding. <laughs> I got to tell you, Craig, your, your Rick is getting really good. <laughs> yeah, your Rick's great. Yeah, it. It's great. It's I'm, work, I'm, work, I'm nursing this cold, too. So it's actually, it's, it's working in my favor right helped, now. You know? right? Yeah. It helps our, our, with the, with the, pouting. the audio The audio play we need to be writing for this show is going to be great. I tell you that right now. <laughs> skits of, we could do skits of pouting Rick. For, for the entire I, I had no problem doing any of that, actually. That's fine by me. <laughs> Sign me so up now for that. that when they cancel the show, we know how the podcast can go on. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> we'll just start reading the comics, right? That's it. Yeah. <laughs> and we'll, we'll cross it over. Tim, you got a, you got a role-playing podcast. We'll, we'll throw some Rick character in there. It'll be great. That's it. Awesome. Sounds good. <laughs> My boy. So and he says, what the hell are you doing, Rick? Uh, Negan says, Carl is dead because of you. Because you couldn't leave stuff well enough alone. In this case, he's dead because of you, because you weren't there to stop him from doing something stupid. Basically, I, I guess he's got a, pretty much a point there to a certain extent. To a certain extent, well, I'll, I'll give him that pretty one. Much maybe. Him a bad pretty he much, but not the first time he's off. done that either, though. He's he's he called wasn't off. Right. right. He goes, uh, "You set this course, Rick. Who's next?" And then this is where, of course, you know, it ends. You are. <laughs> <laughs> It's great. I love it. And he goes and he goes on. He goes, you see, I stop people from dying. Here's the, here's the other part of the speech, Gerald, you, you were talking about. I stop people from dying, Negan says. I'm the answer. It may have taken a hard lesson for you to hear, but you need to hear it. It's time. You don't let st- the bad decisions cost you your love. He goes, that garbage, uh, it stinks when you're forever, just like Carl. Uh, it says, hell, I'm feeling it. It's gonna be. It's gonna be. You, I'm gonna be feeling it for a while. You could have just let me save all of you. That's why I killed your friends in the first place. Again, he's still justifying what he did, you know, back right. in season seven. You failed as a leader, and most of all, Rick, you failed as a father. He goes, just give up because you've already lost. <laughs> that's uh, that's rough, man. I mean, that's you know, it's. <laughs> It's it's some harsh words. That's, yeah, they're not they're not entirely inaccurate. That's right, it. it's kind of no. it's, I, that's the, all the all of this said. It's kind of Carl's fault. I mean, he did go out there by himself. <laughs> the classic Carl. True. He did the one thing that he did the one thing that we all criticized Carl for doing, and he died. Oh, there you go. <laughs> yep. And he told house. him. He just told him before he left to not I mean, go back yeah. out there. It, 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 this is this is crying wolf. <laughs> like, it just finally happened. It just finally happened. Yeah, you're right. Exactly. You always knew it end like this way with Carl, right? In the woods or something, doing something stupid. Yeah, you're right. Father yeah, like, like right. mother. Sorry, like son, like mother, like son. <laughs> so before we get to our Buster ratings, how about a quick word from our sponsor? Since that brings it into this episode. Absolutely, Jim. Uh, take it away. Thank sponsors, you. Our sponsors, DCB Service, also InStockTrades.com. And if you or your loved ones are geeky or into The Walking Dead or you're into comics, graphic novels, collectibles, cards, action figures, geeky apparel, calendars, any of that kind of great stuff, then you want to hit up InStockTrades.com and DCBService.com because they have all kinds of of great deals uh, on this kind of stuff. Uh, something uh, I'm, I'm really looking at probably getting for myself is the Image Giant Size Artist Proof Edition of the walking dead it's the original uh, first issue blown up uh in the actual size of the actual art 
Um, it looks really cool, and they've got it for forty-two percent off. Uh, if you're looking yeah. for graphic novels, if you want to, if you want to uh, get into the Walking Dead comics and catch up to the story, then you know there are a lot of ways to do that, and all of them are discounted at in stock trades and DCBService.com. You know, 30, 40, 50 percent. Right now, I'm looking at an omnibus hardcover omnibus volume one of The Walking Dead. Really nice edition. It's marked down to sixty percent off. So you can start off at the beginning with the graphic novel and then read your way up and find, you know, up to where the story is now. Um, find out, you know, when we make references to the comic or whatever, what that's all about, you know, why, you know, you can even sit in on our spoiler uh, parts at the end of the episode where we, you know, speculate based on what's in the comics. Um, but, you know, it, and it's not just comics and graphic novels. They also have, you know, they have t-shirts and hoodies and collectible card games and action figures and statues and uh, and calendars and all kinds of other and toys all kinds of great stuff for anybody geeky on your shopping list or for yourself at great prices 30 40 50 percent off often cheaper than you'll find in amazon or other big box retailers or other uh, specialty stores plus they have great customer service they pack things with care if you are, are very particular about how your collectibles come to you and you want to make sure they aren't broken damaged or dinged in any way possible they understand that they go out of their way to package it with care and package it well so it gets to you in the pristine condition to which you are accustomed to getting your stuff from them. <laughs> and um, I've, been a, I've been a customer for before, and I've always been happy with their prices, their service, and their selection. Just go to DCB Service. Take a look. You know, they've got a power search right on the right on the website there. They're great people to, to you know, they're, they're actual people that you can talk to on the phone if you have a problem. As opposed to, you know, Amazon where I don't know what you would do if something came to you wrong or whatever. But um, the prices are better than Amazon. The the service is better than Amazon. Um, the selection is there. Anything in the previous catalog every month is always discounted down. And that includes, like I said, graphic novels, books, comics, uh, um, uh, apparel, uh, toys, collectibles, games, all that stuff. Uh, if you yourself are in, of a geek, of the geek, geeky persuasion, if you're a Walking Dead fan, they have a lot of cool stuff. I know last week we talked about the, the Negan statue. That's really, really sweet. It's kind of a high-end uh, proposition, but it was $100 off. Um, I mean, they, they always deep discount their stuff. They're great people to, to work for, and we're happy to have them as our sponsor. Absolutely. Thank you, Jim, for reading that. And before we get to our busters, you know, this... Um this altered way of storytelling with the slides kind of threw me off, but we did have a special commercial break that I did skip over uh, that happened to include the next installment of hashtag red machete. Oh yeah. So Aaron, if you would enlighten us, what happened? Cause it was, I can't even say, I I, I can't, I'm getting choked up over here. Aaron, take it away. You guys last night, there were three things I was going to watch and in ranking them, it was the walking dead at last. (laughs) The Oscars in second place, and re- The Walking Dead presents hashtag Red Machete presented by Taco Bell hashtag Live Moss. I mean, it's just that That's good. It. It's that, and like it came roaring back with the midseason premiere last week, and this week is no different. It was an experimental episode, just like this week's one, where they had the Red Machete in in, in frame one of the camera, and it just stayed there for the whole thirty <laughs> seconds as we watched what happened. Red Machete sticking in a in a tree stump. There's some tents and some randos come up on the claimers thinking that they're going to rob their stuff. <laughs> but the claimers had a surprise for them because they don't play that. Just like Homie, who also doesn't play that. Homie doesn't play that. <laughs> <laughs> nice all, all, 
all old references this week. <laughs> guys, don't, don't mess Joe, around. Don't mess Joe, around. Joe and the gang got out of their other tent, which is like a clown car, because what's happening in that tent where all of them are there, apparently. Claimed. They come out. They, yeah, they claimed that one tent. They get out. They ambush the guys that are ambushing them, and they start beating on them. And the whole time, we're just watching from one angle. Machete's sticking in the, t- in the tree trunk, like, right right in front of us. And as this whole thing's happening, as the guy's getting beat up, Joe's walking towards the towards the stump, towards the stump. Guy's getting beat up. Last thing that happens, Joe grabs the machete out of the stump. They put the guy's hand on it, and he takes the machete, and he goes, yeah, and then it cuts away. And it's great. It was a great episode Beautiful. of The Walking Dead Presents, hashtag machete presented by Taco Bell, hashtag with Moss. It was a good one. Riveting, riveting. <laughs> it's a, it's a great, it's a great uh, reoccurring characters they have going on this, on this season, this half, this this half season of the the, the red machete. It's actually very clever because I love the claimers. I thought they were, I mean, you know, great actor too. I mean, what's the Coburn? What's his name? Um, it, it's Coburn? a good way to, it's a good way to continue a, a, a certain sect of characters, but by, by that are dead, this, that are currently dead. Like they, we resurrected yeah. them, you know, going back in time. But it, I mean, it's pretty cool. I mean, I thought they were, yeah, you know. It's it's working. Yeah, I'm surprised sure. the uh, the red machete wasn't uh, honored by the Emmys in some way. <laughs> the machete itself, I mean, you know, that'd be the next award. All right, so Aaron, thanks. It's not the same when you uh, when you're not here to talk about that. I'm just just saying. I mean, it's, it's, but, uh, it's you, you guys put up a valiant effort to read. We, by... I, we try, but it's, you know, it's it's, it's, it's a we pale, we pale effort. We don't we don't live moss like you do, Aaron. That's yeah. <laughs> we just don't live moss like you do, so yeah, it's not, the passion isn't there. I bet Chubb is on the road right now because he's probably stopped at maybe one or two Taco Bells right along the way. you got to figure, right? Oh, that's true. That's true. You, you know Chubb is living moss right now. Let's just put it that way. Those, not, those Chubb, nacho Chubb fries and, are out now. Ooh, Chubb, baby. And, Chubb, and, Chubb indeed has a figure. That's correct. That's it. <laughs> that's great. Live moss, baby. All right, so let's get to our Buster ratings. Aaron, we'll start with you, buddy. I well, I like this episode more than last week's episode, um, which I ultimately gave a three. So I guess this by default would be like a three point five or even a four, maybe. I don't. Know. I, I think three point five is appropriate, just because I do think there's room for improvement on the way they chose to format this episode. That said, the Simon Jada stuff and even some of the Negan stuff as a piece of acted cinema, like it works well. And yeah, the kind of result of the scavengers, I think that really went well. The Simon stuff, I. Even though I, we're kind of seeing through where it could be going, I still like Stephen Ogg's performance in this. So, like, yeah, all, all, that all works really well. The only thing that could push it over the top, really, was another segment that was titled Gregory. And, like, I would have been really happy, but obviously we didn't get that. So. <laughs> get your Xander Berkeley fixed down the road, I guess. It said guest starring, so I, was, I assumed he was going to be in this episode, too. I got pissed off, but he wasn't. Oh, I see what you're saying. Is he only guest star? Well, I think it's pretty much he's guest starring the whole season, right? Is that I how think it goes? He's, a, he's a recurring character. Okay, yeah, yeah but like, I got you. But his name was his name was there. And it's so like, you got oh, excited wait. for a minute. Okay, I see what yeah, you're saying. Yeah, that, yeah. that didn't happen. Yeah. That's funny. All right, Russ, I'll give it a three point five. I I think the stuff with the uh, with the trash people really paid off. I've been pretty critical of what they've done with them and just the whole back and forth and the weird, you know, Jada speak. And for them to pay that off and you realize that it's it was just an act um, because I, I I didn't I wasn't really sure you where they were going with that, you know, because these people haven't really been there that long to, to evolve speech patterns. But um, but the show, it just it's part of their living their simple life um, and to see how she's the last one left and how it affected her. I, I, I just think it was really, really well done. And it really surprised me that I would really care about that segment of the story. So I think for that, that kind of elevates it just in and of itself. 
um, you know, irrespective of everything else. So I, it definitely a step up from from the premiere, no question. Um, okay. What number did you give it? I'm sorry, I didn't. Three point five. Three point five. Thank you. And Daryl. Um, I, I I agree. I did like it better than the previous episode. Um, I was glad that we have there's an end to the to the garbage people. I was kind of not a fan of them either. Um, it was nice to have that like that reveal that she too was kind of like Ezekiel in terms of she played a role, uh-huh. and that's how she got everybody to follow her. Kind of, they believed in that role, but. In this in this point, uh, her you know leadership you know they all died under her leadership as opposed to his people uh, his executive people um, continuing to survive and and him uh, kind of giving himself over to save them or whatever. Um, so yeah, it did it did work. I mean, some of the Carl pout I mean the uh, Rick pouting throughout the episode was funny. <laughs> um, the scene at the end with. With Negan, that was funny because I mean the, the, the lo- loss of points is that you can tell so much of what they want to do. You know, the whole thing of having uh, Rick act overly grouchy and and petty because he's going to see the light eventually. With Carl is going to you know somehow Carl is going to reach him through either a letter or something, um, and he'll he'll come to. He'll have a come to Jesus moment. Come to Carl. Um, yeah, come to Carl moment. So we know it's coming, and the whole thing with Negan, all of a sudden trying to be more concerned than you know, but also, but you know, having contradictory uh, actions prior to this episode. But overall, I give it. It's, it's a three out of five. I give it a three out of five. Pouty right. Ricks. Pouty Ricks. Three, three out of five Pouty Ricks. <laughs> three out of five Pouty yeah. Ricks. Nice. That, that phone call. I should add half a point. I take one away, right? You know, the, right, right. Oh, God. Jim. Uh, I hate to parrot everyone else, but I liked it better than the premiere, so I got to go 3.52 because I gave that a three. Uh, I did. I love the stuff with Simon and Jadis. Uh, anytime Stephen Ogg is here, it gives me, you know, tells me to, to bump, it, bump up my uh, Buster rating. Um, I could have done without the title cards I could, and the whole Enid and Aaron thing. I was just like, why? But other than that, I thought it was a pretty decent episode. A lot of stuff happened and uh, a lot of stuff was, was well done. So, I, again, you know, the, the Enid and Aaron stuff and then the telegraphing of what we kind of are seeing going on with Negan kind of is bothering me. But other than that, it was solid. Okay. I mean, obviously this episode's a three and a half, right? Everyone's saying that, but it goes to a four for me just because, like I said, that last, you know, that last scene was just incredible. It was like, it was just so over the top with, with Rick and Negan talking on the, on the phone or the walkie-talkie. I thought it was just great. Um, it, it, the episode, it, I, I think the reason I, we're all maybe a little bit more positive on it, I'll just kind of speak from my own and maybe I'm wrong, but I think they actually went somewhere this week. We've been mired in the same like yeah. three hour or five hour or eight hour arc for the last nine episodes already. It's like enough. We're finally moving mm. away from Alexandria. We're going somewhere. We're going to the hilltop. We're talking to Negan on the phone. We're we're moving to the next step. So I, at least there was some type of movement, and I did like that. Completely, completely agree. It, it, there's, yeah. moment, there's momentum because of this episode. There's a Simon rift going on. Jadis is out there somewhere. Rick has at least some kind of mission, I guess, right now. Yeah, like so, it all, yeah. Hashtag something happened. The, I mean, that's that's and, it. Yeah, yeah. They kind of uh-huh. closed the chapter on Alexandria too by leaving it behind. So right, yeah. and it did, it did in a very artistic way too. So I, I, a lot happened this episode. I, I really enjoyed it. I mean, I think we're all. 
I mean, I, I was watching it with my girlfriend last night, and you know, she just wants. She, I think she's just feeling a little the frustration that a lot of the fans are out there. Like she's like, "Come on already, let's go, let's go!" Like she just wants it to pick up and stuff to happen. And at least it's starting to. Now we're not stuck in the same time jumping, you know, period of time. We just spent half a season in. So I'm pleased with it. Again, that whole Rick stuff at the end, it, it bumped it up a half point. So 4.0 for me, solid. I'll take it all day long. But who cares what we think? We have an amazing Facebook group, the best one. It's the Walking Dead TV podcast Facebook group. Facebook group. You hit join group, do a search for us, we get you in. You can leave your very own Buster ratings for The Walking Dead or Toby ratings for Fear the Walking Dead coming soon, guys, just to remind you. Um, and they're read by our oh, one and no. only. Oh yes, I'm sorry. I said I just ruined your night, right? I just, I just, oh man, I just spoiled your evening. I'm sorry about that. Well, I got to bring that up. Man. Well, Morgan's Morgan's in it, baby. That's it. Come on, you're gonna make Morgan mad again. I, we're, gonna, we're gonna have both in the same night. Actually, oh, that's gonna be a fun one. You're right. We got both in the same. We're gonna have a Buster and a Toby rating in the same night. Great googly moogly, googly moogly. But you can have your thoughts read by the one and only Jim Dietz. So Jim, take it away, buddy. I also wanted to mention on the Walking Dead TV podcast Facebook group, we put we post news, we post some fun memes, we have a lot of good uh, conversations and discussions about the show going on, and you can catch uh, Aaron's uh, reviews of every single episode of The Walking Dead. Uh, the link is right there uh, to uh, WeLiveEntertainment.com and uh, Aaron's weekly reviews if you want to hear a little more in-depth thoughts on each episode as they happen. I write them so, as coherently as I can. <laughs> okay. it's, it's it's late when I write them. So <laughs> Luckily, your erudition is second to none. Yeah, so. they're good. I enjoy reading them. Thanks. But also, but also it's great. Oh, I'm sorry. No, no, it's good. It's, it's like four in the morning when we get them over here. So if I'm waking up early, oh, okay, there you go. It's something to read. As soon as I get up, I see your your little article comes up there. So it's perfect. I mean, it, that's that's how it. That's how I write it. I write it's like, can I get this up before Craig is like, or before like, like, like Trump tweets? It's, like, it's at twilight time, right? Somewhere else to, to yeah, read. It's at yeah. Trump tweeting time, and then Aaron's putting stuff up. It's like, yeah, it's at that, <laughs> that four o'clock uh, twilight witching hour. I, I like right? I like to write a big beautiful review for you. It's to look a at. Big that's beautiful review. It's a big link you can click to get in there right okay the best part of waking up is Aaron reviews in your cup okay (laughs) (laughs) but uh let's hear what you guys had to say about this episode we'll start off with uh, brent jones uh three convenient car doors out of five i enjoyed the pulp fiction style episode but only some of the stories mattered to me glad to catch up with the indian and aaron story but obviously and obviously rick and michonne i love simon and i enjoyed his interaction with negan but too much spent on jadis i don't care she's sad I do care about her solar panels and helipad. <laughs> and Brent Jones also says, I swear to God, if the helicopter was the heapsters and not the NWO, I'll be furious. <laughs> For life. Uh, uh, DeRay Irvin wrote in, so many haters, four trash-compacted garbage people out of five. Uh, this week's episode was gross and amazing. Stephen Ogg, a.k.a. Simon, is my favorite pissed-off savior. Jada speaking in full sentences because she's sad and broken was a nice moment for me. I thought the Rick Negan walkie convo was great, too. However, again, this week, Red Machete brought to you by Taco Bell Live Moss. Oh, I'm sorry. Hashtag Red Machete brought to you by Taco Bell Live Moss was the real treat of the night. Also just realized upon rewatching that Simon probably killed all of Oceanside's men and pissed off Negan definitely seems like there's something between them on this matter. Uh, Mike Jones, three Trevors out of five. The Simon segment and the end dialogue between Rick and Negan were awesome. Bonus points for the end of the trash people. Uh, Matthew Brown, three out of five. Lost my hamburgers, but at least the garbage pail kids are gone. 
Wow, lots of hate for the garbage pails. Uh, Johnny Stower, four, I might become a vegan now out of five. Wow, what a meaty episode of good storytelling. <laughs> I see what you did there, buddy. Uh, pretty good. When Aaron told he needed to leave and go to the car and then immediately jumped and squatted behind a tree, I thought he had to take a dump. He did squat. Simon- he did. That's exactly what he did. He went right yeah, behind the did. tree. It was very weird. Very odd. Simon is the man. God, that guy can act. When he asked about the helicopter pad, Jada's number one woman and guy look at each other. Hmm. The blue paint on his shoe and Rick's, what's the connection? Somehow it's going to come to Negan's attention about the blue spill paint in the garage pail kid place and the slaughter happened. Oh. Going to be interesting when Negan finds out what he really did. If you guys can please see, if you guys can see what the viewership number is this week versus last, please. Thanks, guys. Uh, I have not looked at the ratings compared to last week. Um, so well, I don't episode 9 number. is up here on Wikipedia. It says 8.28 million. This is episode 10, so I don't have it yet. But the week before that was 7.89. Leap before that was seven point four seven, so it's actually going up. Well, I, and I, I that with that in mind, I did point out via link on uh, the Facebook page that last week's episode was the lowest mid-season premiere in like what years, uh, like since. Uh, yeah, let me like see season. that. Yeah, a second here because I because it can go right up like episode nine. Episode nine, yeah, yeah it had twelve million for episode for season seven, thirteen point seven four for season six. Season five had fifteen and a half. Four had fifteen and three quarters, so yeah, it, it's it's down to eight point two eight. Yeah, it still beats the Olympics. <laughs> yeah, and, and and the Oscars apparently too, right? So we don't know that yet. Oscars ever? That's oh, it. was it? Is that on yeah. the thing? Yeah, that's what yep. I'm saying. Yeah, it was. No, that's that's not surprising. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Michael Santana wrote in four zombie pate makers out of five jim did i spell that correctly yes sir you did yeah. i don't know if the tilde is is needed above the a but the the thing on the e perfect uh, we got a two for tonight one the garbage pail kids are finito two jadis remembered how to speak english i'd say it's a win-win what say you all <laughs> uh ian roswell th- uh, 2.75 taco bell fillings out of five <laughs> <laughs> Talk about living moss. That would be a good crossover if they make that red slop like part of a new taco or something. That will be the, the zombie taco. Oh man! Oh. Oh. Soil so oh. burrito. Oh, oh god, that's it. Uh, this that's episode wrong. just seemed to me that they had a bit too much footage from future episodes left over and strung them together to make an episode. Things just lingered too long. I.e., firefighting to save something in Alexandria. Mm-hmm. Uh, Simon is great, and we'll hate to see him go. But I feel he's not going to be much longer for this world. <laughs> Hoping for a little better next week. But as a fan, I will keep going. That Charlie Messing, three busters out of five. A better episode than last week. Really enjoyed the walkers in this episode. Really enjoyed the Rick Negan conversation at the end. You George are. Frank Jones added, "The one that got his face caught on the nail was awesome." Uh, Richard Chopper Cherry Charrington, four Zed's be- dead, baby. Zed's dead. <laughs> Out of five. <laughs> really enjoyed this week's episode. I love the Pulp Fiction take on it. The mincing of the trash walkers was a great zombie kill. Loved it. P.S. Jim, I forgive you for accidentally dropping Chopper Cherry on the last week's podcast. Thanks, Craig, for saving the day. That's what I'm here for. I, I, I in, my de- in my defense, I was deathly sick last week, and I kept yes, it. I did the yes. show anyway, so there you go. But no, no offense, Matt Richard, Matt Richard at all, Mr. Chopper Cherry Charrington. <laughs> um, Rob Cook, 3.5 zombie meat grinders out of five. Simon's section was, by some way, the best of the episode. What a great character actor he is. Other than we got a few gaps in the story filled in and the end scene with Rick and Negan was great. 
felt sorry for the heapsters being taken out by Simon's crew, but that was always going to happen. It was interesting that Jadis was able to talk normally to Rick after all her people got mangled. I think there's more to discover with Junkyard, but we will never find out. Will, will we ever find out now that the heapsters are minced? Probably not. And as I mentioned, please join the Facebook group. You too can weigh in with your Buster ratings, link to Aaron's reviews, and catch up on all of our cool discussions, memes, and funny things. Excellent. I have one thing. Yeah, go. So, Daryl, did you catch our favorite recurring character across oh, multiple across the is, multiverse? She can travel between. She travels in all comic book shows. She she just has a way of just going. I don't know how she does the tele, the, the, teleporting the way that she does, but she's Oh, are you talking about awesome. the woman that's on Supergirl and the Flash and Agents of Shield. Shield and Agents of Shield? And she was she she was uh pretty per, she was uh, pretty prominent in the most recent episode of Agents of Shield too. So yeah. it's funny how she had a big she had I wouldn't say a big part in Walking Dead, but given third tier characters that rarely show up. She did have a bigger part um, in this and Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. I, I, I would think it, it feels like I know her. If I ever see her at a con, yes. I would be like, I know you. Like, I've, I've seen you in so many shows I've watched. <laughs> I would just like, call her Pi- like, like, that's just yeah. what I would call her. Who, 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 who yeah. is this now? Who are you guys talking about? Which, She's which, the, the one the, with the lady at the, at the, the seaside brunette. place with the really short hair. Oh, okay. She's I also, got you. yeah, okay. she's been on Supergirl and Agents of Shield. Yeah, I talk about. She's one of the. She's, she's, she's the aggressive one. Like she's the one that's. Yeah. Like the security guard wants to always. She, yeah, I talk She about. basically she's plays the same character. Yeah. Supergirl say, and Agents yeah. of Shield. Like yeah. it's yeah. the yeah. same she's, character. She's DEO agent on Supergirl. <laughs> right. She she's head of security in every single show she's. She gotcha. Does. Okay. Yeah. yeah, that's pretty funny. She, she must. She must have like some serious frequent flyer miles. Like she's got to. You know, even even if her you know her pay is is not you know top tier, um, she'll probably be able to vacation for the rest of her life because she's got to be flying coast to coast. Well, if you add up if you add up all the jobs that she does in one, that's probably like one good good paycheck, right? Sure. For one show, because she does all these shows, like she's she's in a lot of episodes. You know, even if it's not speaking parts, she's still there. What would be awesome is if in all the shows she had the same name, like yeah. Like oh, that'd she be pretty was funny. Yeah. I would love it. I wish it would be self-aware. It was like, I, yes. would, I wish someone would say, like, I was watching a show and with Zombie, and I swear I saw someone who looked just like you. Or something. like. And in, in another show, someone says the same thing about, like, I, it was a security guard or something, and I, it looked just like you. It could be and worse. We just, could all be stuck in a zombie apocalypse. Yeah, like I wish you really are one. Kinda... You really are one super girl. Yeah, <laughs> I wish they would do like a joke. That. I wish they would. I wish they like every, you know, every now and then they would like do a little joke because of all the other gigs that she has, uh, you know, and they're all comic book related anyway. Yeah, if they're not gonna, ju- if they're not gonna joke about Norman Reedus on a motorcycle, then the show's not gonna have any sense. <laughs> <of humor. laughs> no, it has none. It has none. Um, did you guys see this article real quick about Gimple? I know they've kind of made him the Kevin Feige of the Walking Dead-averse. Yes. But he's talking yeah. about doing all kinds of different spinoffs and uh, different lengths of seasons and different formats. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, um, <laughs> oh, yeah. is there anything that it, you it's, would it's really like It's things you're not like going to expect, guys. It's things that are coming out of left field. You're never going to expect it. But different flavors, different dimensions. It's going to be great. Is that yeah. what he sounds like? Oh God, I can't. I can't take it. <laughs> I just wonder: is there anything? 
Is there anything that you would want to see? I mean, as as I as I, I, I said, yeah, like as I was saying that, like when we did our the last episode I was on, an anthology series would be an interesting way to take it if you're going to really that. try to expand this universe. A, an episode a week that focuses, you know, like we we were saying with like Red Machete, like doing something like that and make like you know an, a one hour a week where we follow follow a new set of characters. That there there's potential there. I'm not saying it's going to be amazing off the, just because right. I said it, but I think there's more but, potential there than doing another, you know, Walking Dead Wisconsin or something. Especially yeah. if they did like a shorter thing, like it was like only six to maybe ten yeah. episodes, and it's mm-hmm. a different director, like like direct hard directors that want to you know take a mm-hmm. break and do something fun, you know, like messing around in the Walking Dead universe. I, I think a lot of directors would get a kick out of it. I think the actress you're talking about was Brianna Vensukis. Does that sound right? Yep. Yep. Yeah, sure. That's her. All right. Yeah, she she played her. Beatrice in the Oceanside. That was her name in the Oceanside. I would like to see. Um, like almost like an Andromeda strain type thing about Jenner and the CDC from the first season. Yeah, there you go. Like yeah. How, now how we're everything talking. fell apart like I the early days. That. that would be really mm-hmm. cool. Because we saw the That's virus like actually series. in the MRI. That was actually the science of it, right? That's pretty cool. I would like to see yeah. that. Yeah, that would be. Yeah, I would too. That'd be pretty neat, actually. You know, they could maybe 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 they said the French were like onto a cure. Maybe they were close or whatever. Mm-hmm. Well, that you know, take it up right there. Do something like that. Maybe they got close and something happened. Who knows? I mean, Kirkman said they're never going to cure it, right? Okay, but right. we can at least they have got, some fun trying, right? I mean, they, they they got close in France, but like a random VW bug full of a bunch of people came out and invaded the French CDC and dis- <laughs> disrupted all the research they were doing, and he accidentally set it on fire. Oops. So, way, wait, wait, real, you say it was a fr- French call. version of Rick's group? Is that what you? <laughs> it, yeah, his name was Le Rick. Monsieur Rick, okay. I like um, my version. The Rick. The Rick, okay. The, the Rick. Gotcha, okay, yes. fine. You mean Richard. <laughs> yeah. um, by the way, uh, fr- reporting from the road, Richard Sheldon is uh, right now, uh, 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 the chub toad himself is trapped in Montana. Um, after driving 100 miles in a blizzard. Yeah. Wow. I hear Nebraska's Uh, nice. Yeah. (laughs) He should have taken the southern route, dude. (laughs) Did he know and warn him? I I drove through Salt Lake this time of year. It is not fun. I mean, that whole area, that whole I-80 corridor. Blizzard comes in like that. You can't see the paint on the the street. It gets bad. So, Richard, man, take it easy. Go get a hotel, man. Get some Taco Bell. Live Moss. Wait it out. Watch some Dude, and that is the worst that is the most stressful kind oh, of driving. When you can't see the I road, mean, right? It's like it's a road you don't know. Yeah. yeah. It scares the shit All the out listeners of are giving us such great iTunes reviews right now after all this conversation. <laughs> yeah. They've all been there. They know what it's like. <laughs> they know what we do. Us, us Americans. About, yeah. Weren't they talking about Negan? What's happening now? <laughs> That's it. Uh, I would. I mean, to, to bring it back around, I would like to see the show take place in an area where there's actual weather, you know, where mm-hmm. like the winter would truly come into play or, um, right. y- you know, I-, I don't know, rainy season or something like that. Like, how do they deal with the winter? Like, how does that affect the walkers? How does that, right. you know, a war how, how for they... the walking of the dead? Yes. And, and they've talked about that the too. cold. Or the, yeah. Yeah. I mean, they've mentioned they go, the winter has got to slow them down. It's got to stop them. They've, they've had these kind of musings, you know, on the show, but, I guess it gets expensive to make something like that too, though, right? I mean, that's uh, that's why you have to keep it, you know, you, things like that. You have to keep short. Keep it in seasons. Vancouver. Keep it in, uh, you know. Yeah, but you could. I mean, you could do yeah. things to, you know, keep it. You know, keep 
small smaller sets you know you don't have to be kind of as, as large scale i don't know I, I just would like to see something truly different like either uh, like I, I don't know I, I can't you know it's one of those things you don't really the, know it until you see it but yeah yeah because the group is never going to get out of the area it seems right rick and, rick and company are never going to yeah, yeah. too yeah. far so it would be cool to kind of see what like I would like to see what is going on, what happened in the other parts of the world. Like, what what was it like? Like, how did they deal with it? Maybe an anthology series of, like, each city. Like, okay, this is yeah. the day it all went down in Washington, D.C. This is the day it all went down in New York City. This is the day it went down in Chicago. This is the day it went down in, you know, I don't know. Probably like in Nebraska. I'd like to see how it went in Hawaii. I mean, think about how remote yeah. and how cut off they would be. Yeah, everyone exactly. Else, you know, yeah. Or, um, I think it could be. I, I think it could be very interesting to see just some different perspectives. What if we had a what if we had a spinoff that was set in L.A. <laughs> At what? the time yeah, it was first they, going down, they ended right. up on the Mexican border. And it was a guidance counselor yeah. and an English teacher, right? Okay, and they broke yeah. and they're mixed family. Got it. Okay, amazing. blended family. The, yeah, but then like the main character will get killed because he had to go be in an Avatar movie. <laughs> <laughs> That's funny. what do you think? I mean, I, I still have hope for uh, for fear this year. I really do. I, for everything I'm seeing, I'm liking quite a bit. I think they're going to turn that show upside down and on its head. It's going to be totally different than what we know. That's what I've I think. Heard that be- I've heard that before. Uh, <laughs> I did too. When? <laughs> when? Yeah. when? Last year. Last year. <laughs> when did I, I didn't say that. I said, no, 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 no. Hold on, hold on. I, uh, okay, Mike I said Jones, it after, edit the tape back. Get up, get up, get the iTunes. Yeah, <laughs> I said the it a, a, after the casting news was released, which we haven't seen it yet. We haven't seen, you know, no, we're no, still waiting yeah. for it. So I mean, I don't know. I'm hopeful. I have hope right. for my fear. I like. Let's I, get out of here. I got to get out of here. That's it. <laughs> that's, All right, guys. Any final thoughts? <laughs> Aaron has to go. Uh, All right. Uh, anyway, where can our listeners find us when we're not talking about zombies? Aaron, how about you? Uh, you can find me over on my podcast, which I co-host with my friend Abe on the show Out Now with Aaron and Abe. We talk about the weekly movie releases. Uh, we recently, actually, Abe and I were in the same room for the first time in a few years recently, which was a lot of fun. Isn't that weird, uh, though, when you do that with somebody you don't usually record with? Like, isn't this strange? Sure. It is weird. Oh, yeah, God, weird. I, I can't stand but, it. But it was great because we got to talk about Black Panther. Uh, we had a couple Oscar specials, and we'll have more coming uh, very soon. So, yeah. And you can find me on Twitter at Aaron's PS4. Excellent. Russ. Uh, HHWLAD.com, It's All Connected, uh, is a show we do focusing on the MCU, the Marvel Cinematic Universe. Um, I just put up the Black Panther episode. Um, we'll have a special OG episode coming up uh, pretty soon. And then we'll be catching up on Agent S.H.I.E.L.D. Uh, Jessica Jones Season 2 is about ready to, yeah, to drop Jessica this coming Jones. week. Jessica Jones. Love yeah, it, yes. We are, Raver. Love it. And then, uh, and then there'll be a little movie called Infinity War coming up. Oh, it's uh, low budget though, long. right? It's not really. Yeah, it's yeah, a little, that, that. little independent film. Oh, it's done with green screen. And yeah, so check me out there. And then, of course, Gotham by Geeks uh, over on the Taylor Network was Mr. Daryl Taylor. Excellent. Speaking of Mr. Taylor, how about you, sir? Uh, you can follow me on Twitter at the voice one two three, and uh, you can we have a bunch of podcasts that you can check out. Uh, we just have a new member added to uh, Go Check Yourself, which is the Star Trek podcast. So we have Holly Amos uh, joining the cast, um, and we welcome her. And uh, we got a lot of cool stuff coming up with Gotham by Geeks. Hopefully, we have some we have some cool interviews on the way. Um, and yeah, I said it just started again. 
and uh, you got a lot, of, a lot of great stuff. Jim Jim has a role playing uh, podcast that's on there that's great, and and he's doing taking some chances and being experimental with it, and and I think people are responding to it well. Um, yeah, so so yeah. check that out. Excellent, Jim. You just got plugged, sir. Oh, hey, thanks for the plug, Daryl. Um, over on the Taylor Network podcast, I'm part of Nothing's On with uh, Daryl and Donnie Salvo and myself. We do a weekly podcast all about TV and movies and uh, movie news and uh, reviews and previews and our take on stuff. Also, as you mentioned, heavy gigs in Seaside City. We take a role-playing game set in the 70s of action movies and, uh, and television shows, and we put sound effects and uh, voice acting and uh, soundtrack to it, and we put that out. Uh, as a radio play, and that's out there. Also, also um, Paradigm Shift, if you want a little more uh, traditional, like Dungeons & Dragons type thing. And over on HHWLOD, uh, we're doing the DC TV podcast, where we cover all of the DC comics properties on TV. That includes Supergirl and The Flash, and Gotham, which has just returned, and iZombie, which has just returned. A whole bunch of shows over there. So check that out at HHWLOD.com, and you can follow me on Twitter at Yoda Jones. Excellent. Thank you, sir. Um, when I'm not talking with you guys and chatting about zombies and Taco Bell and living moss, I am the host of the Auto Chat Show, autochatshow.com, facebook.com slash autochatshow. Me and my co-host, Teddy K. review new cars, discuss cars and pop culture, whatever else comes into our brains. Uh, most recently, uh, many new car reviews. Actually, and we're coming up right now with the SUV, where it's just a three-row crossover shootout. So Mitsubishi Outlander, Toyota Highlander, and uh, we're also going to do... Um, the Lexus as well. So stay tuned for that three-row crossover shootout. Next three episodes, back to back to back. Uh, new wow. car reviews for you guys to enjoy because we've got we've actually got a lot. And now it stinks because we reviewed them right, but now the snow is coming this week, so now we don't have the trucks uh-huh. to drive around anymore. Now you know that's it. Now we're in a little Toyota this week, but that's okay. They're fun too. We just have to be careful in the in the blizzard that's coming. Who wants to close it out tonight? So until there's no more room in hell and the dead walk the earth, remember. In the post-apocalyptic zombie world, there are no thin mints anymore. <laughs> oh, they they all Maybe. gone. They're all gone. That's because Russ. That's because Russ ate them all. I was gonna say Chubb got to him, right? <laughs> 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 yeah. That sucks. Oh man. Just...